Hello everyone, you're listening to Game Rivals, a podcast where a Nintendo fan and a PlayStation fan talk about the latest games and happenings in the gaming community and industry. I'm one of your hosts, Maximilian X, and together with Sean Templar, we bring you this bi-weekly podcast about video games. Hey guys, welcome to a new episode of The Game Rivals. I'm sitting here again with my friend Maximilian. How are you doing, my friend? I'm good, Sean Templar. How have you been? I've been great. I've got a lot of stuff done and I'm going to tell you all about it. All right, okay. <laughs> I think people will get excited because we have a lot to talk about this uh, this episode. You know, actually, that I've been really looking forward to this episode because a few amazing things happened since our last episode. Um, one of the things is that my audio is finally good nice. uh, instead of like being uh, really mixed up in the last few episodes. I'm really happy about that. But uh, another cool thing that happened is that we crossed over 100 listens. I believe we're on 130 right now. Yeah, um, That's really, really awesome. I, don't, uh, I didn't expect that to happen, to be honest. Um, uh, so I, I and I think you too. So like I want to thank everybody from the bottom of my heart. Um, it's really cool to see the numbers go up, which really motivates us. Yeah. Um, this almost feels like an Oscar acceptance speech. So I want to thank my mom <laughs> and my agent and my producers and and <laughs> and then you get played <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. No, but ser- but seriously, <laughs> yeah, guys. This um, yeah. Thanks for listening. Uh, I know we have a few regulars out there already. Uh, so those who have been listening regularly, thank you very much for that. Um, I hope you guys spread the word. Um, let them know that the game rivals are out there and we're, we're looking for fellow rivals. So challenge us whenever you can. Um, you can always do that by reaching out to us on uh, Twitter at game underscore rivals underscore. Um, all, you can also reach me at Maximilian on Twitter. Um, but you can also reach us uh, if you want via email, uh, which is gamerivalsfeedback at gmail.com. Or you can also always leave us a voice message on the Anchor app. I think that's uh, that's all the ways people can get in touch with us. They can also send a letter, smoke signs, pigeons. Did I forget anything? Yep. Challenge uh, Sean Templar to a Pokemon <laughs> match and have him lose. Oh, man. Pick your <laughs> battles. Pick your battles. I'm not going to start any Switch things because I know I'll get my ass kicked. Yeah. Yeah, by me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We still have to eat. We still have to play that match of Smash. I mean, like two episodes ago, I mentioned that I played Smash and I won. And yeah. then uh, you kind of challenged me for a match of uh, Smash. We we still haven't like played that game, so maybe we should uh, maybe we should do a let's play and then uh, put it out there so people can see who's actually the better. Uh, so Smash you just player. want me to humiliate you on camera? Sure, got it, noted. If it uh, generates good content and people can laugh, <laughs> 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 it's fine by me, man. It's <laughs> uh, fine uh, by me, man. I'm just glad to assert my dominance in any way possible. so for this week we have some cool stuff Um, i know that you're dying to talk about the pokemon direct we had a couple days ago which appeared out of the blue yeah and we also have another what you're playing and hidden gem do you want to start us off with the pokemon direct yeah so um for those 
of you who have been paying attention to the internet for the past uh, couple of days, um, a new Pokemon game has been announced, finally. The 8th gen that was promised two years ago when I think it was E3 2017 is when the head of uh, the head of the Pokemon company sat in front of a camera and told the whole world, yes, there is indeed a new mainline Pokemon being made, and all they showed was the Pokemon logo, and that's it. Now we know <laughs> what's attached to that logo. It's a sword and a shield, because the new games are called Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield. So do we know why it's called Pokemon Sword and Shield? Because like I watched the direct, but I'm not into that stuff. So so whenever they do stuff like that, it takes a while for more information to trickle in. Mostly when they announce a new Pokemon game, the formula is as thus. It's it's not always been this way, but since um, Gen Seven is how they've been doing this. So early in the year, they'll announce that the game is coming at the end of the year. And then around E3 is when the hype trains truly takes off and they keep adding more information about it. Around this time, the only thing that we know is that it is based in the Galar region, which seems to be modeled after the UK, which a lot of people are excited about. Um, and they've shown us uh, some gameplay footage of early content and some mid-level content. Um, I'm not 100% sure because we don't know the structure of this Pokemon game just yet. And at the end, they showed us the three new starters that we'll be getting. So three new Pokemon got announced. We saw a new region. We saw some gameplay. And I'm excited about it because I know that this means that we have a lot of Pokemon stuff to look forward to in the next 10 months or so, give or take. Because most <laughs> of the times... They'll release a Pokemon game either in October or in November. They always switch it up. Like, for example, Pokemon Let's Go, Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee got launched in uh, October of last year. And before that, we had Pokemon Sun, uh, um, Ultra Sun and Moon coming out in the same month-ish. Um, not 100% sure. I think it was also in October back then. So, yeah, it's, it's basically just a big title to look forward to. This is going to be Game Freak and Nintendo's big holiday game as far as we know for now, which is great because after Metroid Prime 4 got rebooted, we didn't have any titles to go on that would be coming out this holiday season that would be big. The only thing we knew was that Pokemon was coming out. But we didn't know is anything the, about it until this week. That uh, Zelda game they announced, do you think it has a chance to come out this holiday? Or isn't it big enough to be a holiday uh, kind of game? Well, I think it's going to come out way sooner. Mostly because um, it is a remake. And from at least from conventional means, they don't tend to put out remake as big holiday busters. But it's Nintendo and they played by their own tune so who knows they could do that but they also have a bunch of other titles that are coming out around that same time like for example dragon quest 11 the definitive edition is coming out at the holiday season they haven't given us a solid date 
So they might just say, yo, Square Enix, we're teeing you up for this. You guys are saying you're going to get it out at the end of the year. This is a Switch exclusive. All right, we'll give you that slot and have you and just have had it and just hopefully see how many more Switch Switches it sells. I'm assuming that it's going to sell a lot of Switches, especially in Japan. But Dragon Quest has been getting more and more popular over the years since Final Dragon Quest VIII. So who knows what that's going to be like. Maybe they will do that. Maybe they won't. Maybe for maybe it's going to be Astral Chain. We don't know that either. We know that it's coming out in August. Actually, that's all we know, that it's coming out in August and it's made <laughs> by, by Platinum Games. So Pokemon taking the October-November slot is very significant in this regard. Okay. I uh, I'm curious. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, the funny thing is, is like generally with with uh, E3s and stuff like that, you kind of get like a vision or a, an idea what's going to happen and unfold over the next few months or what might be like games that are starting to prime up for the holiday seasons. But for this year, there's not a lot of stuff to to like hope that or like know that's going to come out this holiday season. At least not. From well, that's true. But you also have to re realize that. Nintendo, even though they are going to attend E3 this year, Nintendo always has its directs. They can drop one at any moment, as as has been proven this week. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they can <laughs> the so they can just be like, "Yo, it's March. We're dropping a direct for no reason. Here's the game. It's coming out either now or in the next couple of weeks. Have fun." Like, okay, <laughs> fine. You know, I didn't have a life before, and now I don't have a life at all because she just decided to shadow drop a new game through a direct. You know, I mean, that's what they did with Tetris ninety nine. That's what they that that's what they've been doing for the past couple of years now. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like like I said before, like starting from E three is when we're gonna get this Pokemon hype train going legit. I mean, right now, the only thing that they did was, here is some stuff for you to look at and for you to dissect and for you to debate about amongst the fan bases. Because, um, yeah, the, the like I said, the region, it's called Galar. It's based off the UK. I mean, if you, if you look at the map, most people say, like, if you flip it upside down, it looks like the UK flipped upside down. So... <laughs> Yeah, it looks interesting. It looks cool. The character de designs are actually kind of nice. I really like the female trainers' uh, uh, character design. The male trainers tend to be kind of basic in design. They're not bad. They're just um, good enough. <laughs> Whereas the, the female trainers are always like dressed really cute and nice. And yeah, you you, that's what you kind of want to look at for the next 30, 40 hours of this adventure that you'll be going on. You know, you want to look at something that is at the very least appealing, you know, like the, 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 the male characters don't look cool enough for some reason. And I don't know if that is on purpose with the exception of Pokemon X and Y, because with Pokemon X and Y, you can actually customize your look and actually look cool. Um, but after X and Y, they haven't done that. So I'm hoping that at least with the uh, Sword and Shield, 
it makes a return. Uh, it's kind of funny that that's something that like I would expect that to be in a lot of Pokemon games. You like would, character customization because it's a, such a standard feature in games these days. You would and think it's funny so. to hear that it's not there. I mean, like, okay, that's kind of... Of course, it's cool that, like, they have cool characters. But it's it feels like a, such an essential, like, a basic feature that a game needs to have these days. Well, and up it's until funny s- that when it's not there. Well, up until, sun and, up until Sun and Moon, you couldn't even choose your skin color. Like, Sun and Moon oh, was wow. the first time you could actually be a black kid in a pokemon game holy crap yeah but at least that tradition carried onward to uh ultra sun and ultra moon and let's go pikachu and eevee because i'm a black kid and let's go pikachu let's go eevee like my pokemon trainer is black (laughs) the funny thing that i also noticed is that um from the direct, it looked like um, that random encounters are back. So like in uh, the Pokemon uh, yeah. Pikachu thingy that I played uh, a couple of weeks ago on the Switch, it yeah. was like you could see the Pokemon so you could in a way like evade them if you wanted to. But with this, there was like a moment that one of the characters were walking through the grass and then the the, the, the game switched over to a random encounter. And I thought like, oh, I don't like this. I'm, I was kind of happy that this was gone and now it's back. Yeah. So here's the thing. The community's kind of split on it, but I think the majority of people are glad that it's back. I'm not. I wished we had the Pokemon system that we have in Let's Go uh, in Let's Go because you can actually see the Pokemon, you can stock up on them and then try and catch them. That was nice. You can see which Pokemon it is instead of randomly running into Rattata like a billion times. But, you know, so which is just yeah. no, I don't want that. But what that footage did show was that the Pokemon trainer was stalking in the tall grass, which is something we haven't seen since, I th- I want to say since Sun and Moon or X and Y. I don't, I don't think it, oh, it's been a while since I've played Sun and Moon. Um, yeah, I don't think you could stalk in Sun and Moon. You could stalk in X and Y. You could see shadows in the grass and like stock up on that poke on on a Pokemon, but it's still a random encounter. But at least you can choose to go into that random encounter instead of just being in a random encounter. Which and also what does stalking do because um, well, I only played Pokemon Red on the Game Boy Pocket, and then well, after what, that, I never played a Pokemon game. Well, what stalking did in those games was um, it allowed you to chain encounters with a certain pokemon like for example if you uh if you went into an an encounter and you ran into say a growlith and you wanted to catch another growlith you'd see shadows popping up and then you'd have to stock that shadow and then you'd get another growlith encounter the plus thing about that is that for those that want to invest in that um can do so to get better uh, to get a Growlithe with better stats or if you played mm-hmm. long enough get a shiny Growlithe which I know the shiny hunters would love so if stalking is back that means that that form of shiny hunting makes a return which it hasn't done in a couple of years oh, that's nice yeah so that is an interesting way of doing things except let's go did it better <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. It's just 
It's 2019. Even Dragon Quest XI doesn't have random encounters anymore. It hasn't had random encounters since Dragon Quest IX. So this feels kind of stupid. And I know it's... And I know it's supposed to also be like an all-encompassing JRPG, like a my first JRPG. So it has to be entry level. It has to be something that's easy to grasp. But what is hard to grasp about seeing a Pokemon, seeing, oh, that is a Girafferic. I want it. I'm going to go walk up to it and catch it. I'm going to battle it, make it weak, throw a Pokeball, catch it. I'll have a fun time. But no, they had to revert back to random encounters, which is so disappointing. Yeah. I played um, Yakuza Kiwami, and I'll come back to that later. And that game also had random encounters, but that way you could at least, when you were walking around the city... You could try you to could, avoid it. Yeah, you could see like uh, the enemies saying, hey, blah, 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 and they would say something to you, and then you could see on your map that like they they turn red. So, you know, like, okay, this is a random encounter, so then you could just try to out, outrun them, and then they'd eventually just back off. And I, I really like that, because there were also a few instances in which I got stuck in those random encounters where I was on the way to a mission. I'm like, I'm trying to finish this game. I'm trying to get to this point. Stop bugging me, you know, just go <laughs> away. And then those encounters would like take a minute, but it's still an annoying minute that I would lose, you know? <laughs> so I know how it feels. I'm not a fan of random encounters. Yeah, yeah. That, that's one thing they didn't have to bring back. But on the other hand, like I said before, the region looks interesting. It looks cool. It's, it looks open, which is nice because it's... Well, we don't know if it's open or not, really. Not until we get it more did information. It look diverse. Like, it, uh, it's, it's really... snow and green and uh, It's really forest, diverse. You know? The only region that we're missing is, of course, a... Uh, there's no desert region this time around because it's, you know, based off the UK. So they have hillsides. They have mountainsides. They have industrial towns, which look really cool with this kind of steampunky aesthetic. Um, so I'm actually really interested in exploring uh, those towns. They also seem to have brought back Pokemon gyms, which were absent from the last game. But we're not 100% sure how they're bringing it back because there's like this... They have these stadiums in the cities instead of Pokemon gyms. And they look like soccer stadiums, but you seem to be battling with Pokemon in there. But we're not 100% sure how it works. I mean, we see in the trailer even that the Pokemon trainer has like a uh, football jersey on. And it's football because you actually play the game with your foot and not with your hands. <laughs> so any Americans that are out there is like, no, it's soccer. No, it's football. That's legit football. <laughs> so he's wearing, a, he's wearing a football jersey. He's walking into a stadium and like it fades away. So we don't know what that is about. Um, so that's it's a crossover with FIFA, obviously. So you're gonna just play <laughs> <laughs> wow, wouldn't that be actually? You know, funny that you say that because Pikachu was the official mascot of the Japan team. What the last World Cup? So 
So really, I yeah, didn't know that. Pokemon was like the <laughs> official mascot of the Japanese team, the last World Cup. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. So they had some really cool cross promotions there. Like you could buy a Pikachu in the official uh, football jersey of Japan, and yeah, it's like and other Pokemon that were in there as well. That looked cool enough. Oh, nice. Yeah, too bad the, that we don't have stuff like that. Yep. No. Oh well, we have a lion. We're orange. That's what all of us matters. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, until E three, we don't have a lot to go on. But um, if there are people out there that at least want to get a little bit, a, a little more like of the more more of a more in depth kind of taste, um, there are a bunch of YouTubers online that have in depth uh analyses of the of the of the of the trailer and of course of the pokemon which i actually haven't mentioned yet because um i kind of forgot because i'm so excited about the whole damn thing um <laughs> but yeah like i they said look before, cute they are probably the cutest trio they've had in on quite some time like yeah. most starters have at least one really super cute design and then one really weird design that People can't decide if it's cute or not, and then they evolve, and then they just look weird, or they end up looking actually surprisingly cool, even though their original design looked like crap. I'm looking at you, Poplio. Your des end design is actually pretty freaking gorgeous, but the beginning just looks like a dang seal clown. Wow. Nose and everything. I like the one that I'm looks sorry. like a rabbit. Yeah. Like a bunny. Oh, God. Everybody is so in love with Score Bunny, but... Like, here's the thing. Everybody's in love with Score Bunny for a lot of different reasons. Because, one, he looks cute. And, B, they remind him of Bugs Bunny because it looks like I a cartoon bunny. Yeah. But also, people don't like the design because it reminds them of fire fighting type Pokemon. And people do not want another starter that ends up being a fire fighting type. Because the last time we did that, they did that, we ended up with three different starters that all end up being fire firefighting types. Oh. Chimchar evolved into Infernap, which was a firefighting type. That was the beginning of... No, sorry. The beginning of it all was freaking Torchic that evolved into Blaziken, which was cool, you know, but it was a fighting chicken. All right? <laughs> and then we got Tepig, wow. who evolved into Embor, which is a firefighting pig. And then what? we got a firefighting monkey, which looks like Son Goku, you know, from Journey to the West. For no other reason than because he's a monkey. Oh my and God. Uh, it's just like people were like so sick and tired of it. So when the fifth generation came around and we got Fennekin and it ended up being a fire psychic, people were so happy. That's maybe the reason why I don't play Pokemon games. <laughs> if I hear these weird things like fire chicken and fire pig and monkey, I'm like, okay. It's I'm not, not like their designs aren't cool. It's just that it's been done, you know? So people want something different, and I totally agree with that. So here's hoping that Score Bunny doesn't end up being another firefighting type, or otherwise, that Pokemon is going to get so little love after that. Uh-oh. On the other hand, my favorite type of Pokemon, the grass type, is a, an adorable little chimp. He is so freaking adorable with his stick in his head that he used to bang on stuff. 
He is so cute. I want him as an actual pet. No, I'm not even <laughs> kidding. Seriously, if I had the sewing, if I had the ability to sew, I would make a Grookey, because that's his name. I would make a Grookey plushie for myself, big enough to snuggle with. I think somebody, if there's somebody that's listening that can that has those abilities, if there's someone out there with out. that ability, let me know because I would pay top dollar for that. And then, of course, we have the last one, which is the water Pokemon, but certainly not the least because apparently that one is the most popular one of them all. Sobble, a th- water lizard a Pokemon. It's a water lizard Pokemon who kind of looks like a chameleon. And he yeah. also has the ability to turn invisible in water. But his name is Sobble. And he's a timid Pokemon that does not like conflict. Okay. So he looks like a sad chameleon. And he gets scared <laughs> of a lot of things. And people want to protect it because, well, of course you want to protect something that looks cute and scared and timid and looks like a big old baby and you just want to hold it and be like... I'll protect you from the world. The world will not hurt you anymore, Sable. Oh my God, this is so strange. <laughs> I'm really happy that I don't play these games. I mean, like, if I see the emotions invokes with you, I'm like, holy crap! Would I? I, I don't. I didn't have those emotions when I was playing God of War. I didn't say like, <laughs> "Come here, Atreus. I'll protect you, boy." Like, <laughs> Yo, just let's finish this game, boy. Let's do this. You know, it was like. Oh boy, did you hurt yourself? Oh, was it? oh no, uh, man. Yeah. That was just a sample of how the the vocal majority just expresses their love for these new designs of Pokemon. Okay. Like I said personally wow. myself, I love Grookey, but I'm also a I always choose the the grass starter. So, I'm obviously obviously going to gravitate towards that one to begin with anyways. But the other two designs are also nice. I just hope that Score Bunny doesn't add up a firefighting type. And I'm actually legitimately curious to see what Sobble ends up becoming when it fully evolves. So yeah, those are the things that, you know, that that's those are the things that we up until this point know. So basically the thing that Game Freak did was, okay, here's a piece of candy. Three Three pieces of candy. We're going to put it right there on the table. Have some. Is it delicious? Was it tasty? Well, too bad. Because you're not getting more for at least three months. Wow. So, (laughs) choose your poison. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, I know we're going to have to. We're probably going to, at the very least, wait until E3 until we find out more about the games. And whatever new mechanics they end up introducing to the game. Um, but suffice to say, it looks like it's going to be a great Pokemon game. If you can say that based on the seven minutes that we saw, I'm <laughs> okay, I don't know. I, yeah, I um... mean, from a, perspective, from a perspective from someone who has been playing Pokemon for the past 23 years... Oh boy, it's Damn. been 23 years. Yeah. Um from the stuff that I've gleaned from the from watching the trailer over and over and over and over again and watching some analysis videos, specifically the ones from Game Explain. Yeah, there's a lot to look forward to. 
or there's a lot of potential there. Let me just put it that way. There's a lot of potential, and I honestly can't wait to see more about Pokemon Sword and Shield. Okay. Any final comments? Uh, yeah. One, people that keep dissing on Pokemon Shield need to step off because either you have not seen the Rising of Shield hero or you're just being biased because you just want to swing around a sword. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool. And on that note, we'll be right back after this. <laughs> we'll be right back, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, welcome back folks. In this segment we're gonna talk to our talk about our games that we've been playing the last few days or weeks. Do you wanna kick us off? Because uh, my list is pretty long. Yeah, my list is pretty short and it's games it's mostly games that I've been playing already. Um I've been playing some more Tetris 99, of course, and oh my god, the competition has gotten even worse. <laughs> not, not, not worse as in like it's bad worse as in it's become increasingly difficult for me at least to break into the top 10 i will say this my tetris game has gotten exceptionally better okay because i was not good at tetris at all i was like just this basic guy playing a basic game of tetris but now i actually strategize before putting down the blocks and I've been checking out some strategy tips online on YouTube about how you can best um, lay up in Tetris uh, 99 specifically because that game works differently from any other Tetris before it of course because it's a battle royale um, and I've been using that and building on that and and my reaction time has actually improved which is for me, kind of astounding in my opinion. It's like, wow, I did not expect me to get better at this game, but I play half an hour to an hour a day, even or two hours, depending on how many times I have the ability to play the game. I mean, it's easy to get into a match and just, like, if you lose, you can just hit rematch, and, like, within 30 seconds to a minute, you're already into the next match. Oh, that's nice. So Good matchmaking. You know, the, the matchmaking is really good because it's Tetris and everybody plays Tetris. So there, there's no shortage. There's no shortage of rooms to play in and just challenge yourself to becoming a better Tetris player, at least for Tetris 99. Um, so that's that's the thing that I've been playing the most. What I've also been playing is more Undertale. Mm, and that's where we kind of hit a snag. <laughs> Because you see, I'm stuck at a boss. Um, for those of you that have played Undertale, um, they probably know that. And if you don't know, I'm going to explain a little bit how Undertale works. Undertale is an RPG um, in the vein of uh, Earthbound and a little bit of, I guess you would say, actually, what would be a good thing to compare it to other than Earthbound? Um, Does the game involve yeah, yeah. a girl which 
has a baton with a kitty on it? No. Then this is a different Undertale. Wait, what? I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure you're looking at something else. I'm looking at the Undertale release trailer Nintendo Switch on the Nintendo channel posted oh, yeah, 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 17th yeah. September last year. Yeah, 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 that's the one. Okay. Yeah, but but, but basically um you you have a you have different ways of playing this game. You have two ways of playing it. You can play it as a normal RPG, go into battles and defeat the enemy. But you can also go the passive route which is a bit more challenging, but apparently the ending is way more rewarding if you do it that way. So I decided early on that I was going to go for the passive route, meaning that I am not fighting in these battles. I'm just trying to survive and figure out how to befriend the enemy. And I've reached a point where I figured out how to befriend the enemy. It's just way more difficult than I thought it would be. And it just, it just means that I have to focus more. So I'm kind of stuck, but I'm going to be powering through for the next couple of weeks and trying to get past that boss battle and continue the game on because the game is fun. It is really fun. I mean, it looks really strange. Especially, it looks really strange, and that is part of its charm, but it's written really well. And the characters are just so fun and surprisingly likable, even though they're supposed to be your enemies. Playing the passive route means that you have to befriend them through battle without as so much hitting them. But making decisions that changes their opinion of you, because you're a human, you're a little human kid who falls down into the Undertale, or the Underworld, where all the demons and monsters live. So you're trying to get back into the human world, but you have to walk, work your way through the whole, the whole of Undertale. And, well, you can, like I said before, you can fight like any other JRPG, but you can also choose not to fight. And that is when it gets really interesting, because you actually get to know the characters that you're fighting, and they get to know, well, they get to know, in quotes, you as a human being because they have a adherent fear for human beings because they're stuck in their world because of the humans. So they think humans are superior and they would want to overthrow the human world, but they're stuck. So they try to kill you along the way and you're not raising a finger towards them. You either play their game and tame them as it were or you could choose to fight them which i not, have not been doing it started off pretty easy but it's getting more and more difficult to keep the passive route alive and even if i were to decide to fight now i'm still level one so i don't have the strength to defeat them in battle anyways uh -oh. <laughs> so i'm just going to power through and finish that because i want to start on delta rune which is its kind of sort of sequel i'm not really sure what it's supposed to be but before i start on that i really want to finish undertale so when i finish undertale i'll come back to it so i will not be giving any more updates until then um so hopefully people will sit tight i might even give undertale like a small review one of these days and uh, i hope you guys will look forward to that nice and the last few things that i've been playing 
uh, have been Apex Legends. Yes, finally. Because I wanted to get into it more. And um, I still suck at Battle Royale games. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the one thing that I will take away from my experience playing Apex Legends is I kind of really love the ping system. The ping system I just is tell people... I just mute people that sound annoying, and I just use the ping system. It's amazing. The, Why would you even use voice chat? I believe the ping system is so amazing that uh, Epic is probably going to incorporate it into uh, Fortnite. So uh, Too late, they did. Oh, they already did. Oh, well. well. Yeah, I read like a, this couple, week. Uh, a couple of days ago. <laughs> I read like, oh, they're going to incorporate it. And everybody's like, oh, they're stealing it. And then uh, yeah. I believe I mentioned this to you as well. Like, I believe that certain features or certain innovations to put it that way are so yeah. good that they just start to become like a standard thing that all battle royales or all certain types of games need to include like just like character customization that that's a, yeah. a fundamental basic thing that a lot of games should have um the ping system in in apex legends is one of those things that like any battle royale game should have yeah actually i would even venture to say that any squad-based multiplayer game that allows for randoms to team up with each other should have the ping system. We're talking to you, it, Anthem. It, we're talking to you. Yeah. Well, not to not not for one, but the division can use it as well. Yeah. Um but we'll get back we'll get back to that because that's the other game I've been playing um this week as well, the beta. Um but yeah, in terms of Apex Legends, I've been able to play it for for about a couple of hours now. I think I've sunk at least two to three hours into it at the very least. I mean, it's a battle royale, so yeah. But at the very least, the fact that you're always squatting up with people is an essential part of Apex Legends, which we, which if you've been playing, if you've been listening to other people, that has been established. But for me, this is a very interesting. This was an interesting experience because, um, well, for one, I haven't been playing it a lot, and the matchmaking is not good. You think? I think the matchmaking is pretty good. It's pretty fast, and well, it just doesn't no, matchmake based well, on skill. The, it just throws people into a that, server. Yeah. Thank you, and that is what I talk about when I say the matchmaking is not good. Yes, you can get into a match quick enough, but if you're getting matched with people that are way above your level, what ends up happening is if you're the only guy on the team that has zero kills to their name, people start acting um, resentful <laughs> and they start leaving you in the dust, which is ironic because I've had to save people multiple times. Just because I have a zero next to my kill counter doesn't mean I don't know how to play video games. It just means I haven't invested time into this specific game. And the worst thing is, since it keeps a kill counter for each and every legend that is in the game, if you decide to switch a lead from one legend to another because another person chose that legend, it'll show zero because you haven't played with that character yet. Yeah. 
But like on the other side, There's your no... level would kind of compensate for that. Like if you're zero on a character, but your level is like 30 or something, people look like, okay, this guy's probably playing as a different legend. So it, it does kind of offset Yeah, unfortunately, my level was... Oh, yeah. My level is five now, okay. so so that compares that added to the zero yeah. kill count. Okay. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, the funny thing about yeah. Apex is I've played it on the PlayStation and I've played it on the PC, and I'm better at it at the PlayStation than on the PC, which is kind of strange because generally, like when you play it on PC, aim and stuff like that is better. But I've actually only become champion once on the PC. And on the PlayStation, okay. like a couple of times, maybe ten times by now or something. Like, and I get kills oh, wow, okay. multiple, multiple kills each match that I play on the PlayStation. Whereas on the PC, I tend to die more often than with zero kills. So that's kind of funny because I'm playing a lot of battle not lately, but I've been playing a lot of Battlefield on the PC uh, because mm -hmm. of that control. And um, it's funny that when you switch to another game, that like it completely fades away. It, yeah. I will say this, I was in a squad that got pretty close to get, becoming champions. I think, yeah, we, it was us against one other team. So we ended up being second. Oh, that's nice. So that was actually, that was very intense. Unfortunately, my other squad mates got shot down and then it was just me. And <laughs> yeah. but, but, but here's the thing, that specific match... All we did was gather resources. Every once in a while, we would face against other other team uh, teams, um, and we almost got to a point where we were almost wiped out. But at least one of us would survive and take out the other squad members and revive those who are down. Nice. So that was, I think, I think I had the most fun with that one, mostly because we didn't have a lot of encounters. And I was allowed to get used to the controls. Which brings me to another thing that I really like about Apex Legends. I love sliding around on my knees. Oh, that's I miss that. I really miss that. As if I'm in freaking Vanquish. Yeah. yeah. Also. That was a good game as well. Also, Platinum Games, please make another Vanquish. Yeah. Or at the very least, port Vanquish to the Switch so I can have it on the go. I think I'd rather have it as an <laughs> HD remaster on the PlayStation before that game would pop up on the Switch. Yeah, that's what you would say. Yeah. But yeah, so that's um yeah, so that was Apex Legends. And I know that we've already talked about a lot about the Division 2 last week or last episode, but um this was now my turn to actually play the Division 2 in the open beta and I played with you, Sean Templar. How was that? And I I gotta say, I had a lot of fun playing with you. Yeah. And I had a lot of fun playing it single player, but I think, here's the thing. I'm willing to actually get the Division 2, but the thing that is kind of holding me back is that um, it would be a huge time sink. Yeah. You'd have to commit a lot of time to it, and I know that it has... A level scaler so you can play with people that are a higher level because it'll scale their level to yours to a certain extent and that really works well because um, I, I played it with another guy and like he was a level four yeah. and i was a level eight and he got scaled to level seven i believe so we were just able to play it oh comfy. he got scaled up yeah, yeah yeah okay yeah that was really nice but oh, okay. he did, i, I believe that he that. like there was something I, I don't know if it's with this game or with anthem that 
the loot that you would get would be appropriate to your actual level. So you would get level five gear, for example, if you were a level five. Character. Ah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I enjoyed it a lot. the The thing that I enjoyed probably, or the thing that I didn't expect to um, find entertaining was the mod system, because when you start off early on, you don't have a lot of options to mod you have to unlock the ability to mod your weapons but when you do and you craft some mods and they're really good mods for the weapons that you gravitate towards yeah. it is so satisfying because that means that the the weapon that you like got better without you grabbing a better weapon i mean it's i mean the game is really really loot based so like everything has stats and everything but the first time I applied a mod to a gun that I liked and it suddenly had the kickback of a cannon <laughs> and yet it was so incredibly stable. I was like, whoa, this is so cool. I remember you actually I, going like that. Like, oh my God. That, oh. Was, that was so much, but it, that's because it was so much fun and I wasn't expecting the mods to, the thing is, I wasn't expecting the mod to have such a huge impact on the actual weapon that it would change that much yeah. and because i knew what the game the the gun that i used felt like the moment that it changed was kind of like an aha switch which is like it was just so cool and it just made me want to gather more stuff and make more mods and mod my guns to like the point that it's like a god gun and just blast <laughs> bastards <laughs> off in one shot <laughs> Yeah, like I believe the developers told, they already told people like the single player or the single player, the the story campaign will last around thirty to forty hours, which is a lot. Yeah, uh, and as you noticed on yourself, like if you play it with other people, it only gets more fun. Uh, the game scales to it, so like, yeah, it is a game that you have to invest some time into it, but it's also like. You can pick it up anytime you want. It's not like those games that you have to, True. when you started, you have to like finish it or otherwise. Like, for example, Mass Effect games are those games that like, for me at least, when you start playing it, you have to finish it in one go. Otherwise, if you leave too much time in it, you're not going to be able to remember what you, where you were at or what the story was like or what moment in the story yeah. you were. Um, so like with this game, you can just pick it up anytime you want. And um, they already promised a lot of, post content post release content which is going to be free so that's an amazing they're not going to segment the player base so there's going to be a lot of interesting stuff coming up in the months after the release i mean the game comes out in 11 days 12 days so yeah i'm really pumped yeah. for that yeah yeah i'm yeah i i'm i'm not gonna lie i actually look forward to it i'm actually i tried um i'm gonna be honest i tried actually playing before we started recording again but the thing is, when you finish that mission that brings you to the end game, that's all you can play, mm -hmm. the end game, yeah. which is okay, except the end game is really different. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. like, when we played it, it was the two of us, and it took us... I feel it took us like two hours just to get to the mission. I think we did we did it like in an hour, an hour 15. I think that's something like when I looked yeah. at uh, the party on the PlayStation, it said that the party had been going for around two hours or so. And I think like we've been playing it for a solid hour minimum. And that's just one yeah. mission. So, 
and that was one mission in the end game, which just like also FYI, this probably is one of the best demos that I've played. And I know they call it an open beta, blah blah. It's a demo, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it is a demo and it is good. It's a really good demo. It is probably it is probably one of the best demos I've ever played because what it does is it drops you into the beginning of the game in a small area where you can learn how to play the game, learn how the game acts, learn how the, the learn how the enemy AI acts, and then once you've had enough experience with missions and in between stuff like capturing points, then you get to see what re the what the game is really like at the end. And you get to experience that with your friends or with random people, whatever you want. So you get like this nice little vert um, vertical slice of the game, which is what anybody could ever want in a, in a demo. And it's kind of a shame that it is just like a open beta that's only available for the weekend, for the long weekend. I kind of wish it was just like a regular demo that anybody could jump into and try out. Maybe they'll do that after release. I, I believe they did that with the first division. I just don't know if they did it on only PC or also on consoles. But there were like moments on the division one where you could just play the game before you bought the game. I remember yeah, like on okay. Steam it happened that there was like a free weekend. You could just play the whole weekend. Ah, yeah, but Steam tends to do the free reckons. I actually tried to do that once, but I'm afraid that my PC would just die if I did that. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So that's so that's what I've been playing uh, up until now. Nice. Yeah. So, you ready for my list? Let's rock, man. <laughs> Let's rock. So I had some time off the last week, and um, I wanted to finish some stuff for my backlog. I have like a, a list of shame, as I call it. I stole the idea from someone I know, and it's a pretty long <laughs> list. Um, but this week was one of those moments where I thought like. Okay, I went through my PlayStation uh, collection and I've been buying a lot of digital games now because it's easier because I don't have to swap out the discs. First world problems. Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> I had a lot of stuff stored on the PlayStation. So I, I thought like, okay, let me just try to finish some stuff. So I, I played and finished Rise of the Tomb Raider, which um, I loved from the get-go. But I, the funny thing is I when I started playing it again, I kind of realized like, wow, this game is so pretty. And this, the game's like two or three years old already. And it just, mm -hmm. I, I like, it occurred to me like, wow, this game is still really nice, still really pretty. And it felt like uh, an, uh, an Uncharted game. And, and I love Uncharted games. So this was like a female Uncharted, which I loved. Um, after that, I um, played the expansion pack for Horizon Zero Dawn, the Frozen Wilds. Um, mm -hmm. I bought that. Did you finish it? Yeah, I finished that one as well. I bought it uh, like uh, last year or something. And then uh, in like a day or two, maybe a day, I finished uh, the Frozen Wilds, which was really nice. Um, I was already at max level at the end of Horizon Zero Dawn. So even though I was max level, there was still a challenge. There were new enemies. There were some cool enemies in there. So it was still challenging. And it wasn't like that I had into the game overpowered because I was at max level. So your gear also transferred over from the end game? Yeah. Yeah, if you want, okay, there's okay. like, um, there is new, there are new weapons, there are new uh, outfits. But for example, I had one of the 
ultimate outfits to put it that way there's like a an outfit you can get when you collect a few collectibles and you get like a, a shield outfit kind of like what, mm. what you could do in the Assassin's Creed games uh, and that was kind of the most powerful outfit already so I just didn't bother in buying new outfits I did buy new bows because the the weapons were better they, there was for example a bow that you could uh, if you charged your shot and you would hold it for a few more seconds it would do extra damage before letting the arrow fly so that was nice um, right, there were awesome. some difficult uh, monsters in it, so it was really nice. And there was more of um, a little bit more exploration, which I liked, a little bit more puzzling. Um, you got a little bit more background into um, into certain elements of the game. And this part of the Frozen, the frozen Worlds part plays off in like this uh, snowy area. So there was a lot of snow and uh, you, I could actually see your character react to the environment. Uh, that she would just shake or she would just like constantly rub her arms like, oh, I'm so cold. And that was kind of cool, like these small <laughs> details. Um, after Frozen Wilds, I played Yakuza Kiwami and I finished that one as well. Um, oh, a little bit, a little quick, quick note, of course. Um, as, as we are recording today, March 3rd, it is the second anniversary of Horizon Zero Dawn, which is, of course, developed by a little-known developer known as Guerrilla Games, who are a bunch of Dutchies, like us. <laughs> and they have just sold 10 million copies of Horizon Zero Dawn, which is quite commendable. That's really awesome. So yeah, for a new IP... No, Shout-outs for a new IP from a developer from a small country in Europe. Um, and uh, honestly... Yeah, I mean, all I can say is I'm actually really proud as a duchy um, <laughs> of of what they've accomplished. And, you know, like, kudos to Herman Hulst, Hulst and his team over there at Guerrilla Games. Um, and, yeah, hopefully uh, we'll see more of those amazing kind of games. Oh, I can't And also, wait. I am planning on picking it up. I don't have it yet what um, you didn't play no. horizon zero dawn as well are you kidding me no 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 no. i didn't say that i didn't play it i did i don't have it yet how is this possible i, I mean like the game is i believe 20 bucks you should lock yourself up in a room and just <laughs> leave that room uh, when you finish the game i mean like it's it's your birthday is already passed, but I'm going to buy the game as a late birthday gift. And then you're going to have to finish it. And I want to talk to you and I want to see you. We're not going to record any podcast before you finish that game. So the future of our podcast <laughs> depends on your ability to finish Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Fine. Cool. <laughs> oh my I look forward to it because like, I'm not going to lie. At least from the little bit that I have played. Well, little, like I think least an hour or two um it is a very fun game and i i feel that also another thing is that i feel that if i were to play that game it's one of those games where i kind of want to do everything which is like it is like my achilles heel <laughs> when it's a game that has like those kind of fun little hooks those little fun little side missions i kind of get distracted I mean, it's kind of the same reason why it took me like two weeks to finish Breath of the Wild because I was just doing a lot, like a lot of side questing stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I will play the game. Don't worry about it. But that means that I will be gone for at least two weeks. 
Well, I believe we record these podcasts every two weeks, so we should be fine if you start today. <laughs> but like, <laughs> serious note, that, the thing, and that's what I loved when I first played this game, is that it's really easy to get distracted. And uh, I got distracted a lot as well, but there's like quests, there's, there are quests in this game, and there are quests, for example, in a Dragon Age game or in a Skyrim or in a Mass Effect game, which like if you follow those kind of quests, you really get distracted. Like you you end up in places yeah. that are so far from the main story that you sometimes just forget like, <laughs> holy crap, where do I end up? Oh, no, I don't know what to do anymore. And you're kind of overwhelmed by all these things. And what I loved about Horizon's side quests and errands and stuff like that is like it all tied into each other. So... Um, a little spoiler. It's not like a little, a lot, a lot of big spoiler. But like, there were there are side quests you can do, that if you finish all those quests, that person will join you later in the game, and they will help you out with mm. another mission, which is really cool because that way you like feel that you're working towards something instead of just helping a random dude and never seeing the dude again. You know and. It feels like you're interacting with the world yeah. and the world is responding yeah, to it. Yeah, and I really like that because I would get distracted a lot. But like to see those <laughs> things come out in the end and to like see them all come together, like, okay, I'm really happy that I got distracted because it didn't feel so overwhelming and I could still like see like, okay, I'm doing this because it will help me with that, which is helping me achieve this. So it's that was really nice. And yeah, mm. like in the Frozen Wilds again, they they really for an expansion they really knocked it out of the park i mean like there's a lot of stuff in there which is really nice and it's also pretty difficult so that's really nice another funny thing that i saw is that you have the difficulty of the game but there's also a difficulty that you can do that will um kind of make it uh, less combat focused so you can explore more so if you're more like a passive gamer or a person that doesn't really uh, isn't good at combat or stuff like that you can just like enjoy the game in a different kind of way, which is kind of fun to see because there are not a lot of games that do that. And like, I believe Assassin's Creed Origins is another game that has this, but that's all. That's all about it. So those are nice. Um, all right. Yeah, cool. I finished Yakuza Kiwami. Uh, like that one as well. I intend on buying the second one. I'm just waiting it to drop a little bit in price because with these kind of games and like. I played them once and then I never played them again. So I don't, I don't know, like if I can justify the sixty bucks, because yeah. Oh, you could just wait until Kiwami Two comes on PlayStation Plus. Oh, that's also an option. Yeah, yeah. Because Kiwami came out on on PlayStation Plus, which is kind of funny if you think about it, considering that that Kiwami Two and Yakuza Six all came out last year. Yeah, and I believe they're gonna port. All like they made an announcement saying that they're gonna port all. They're gonna do more Kuames. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're gonna remaster everything and bring that to the uh, PS4. So that'll be nice. Yeah. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah. And the last game that I played and also finished was uh, Uncharted: The Lost Legacy, uh, which is like the 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 downloadable content item that spun off and became like a game. Um, you play mm. as uh, Chloe Fraser, one of the female characters out of Uncharted Two. Um, yeah, I love Uncharted. Like it's one of my most, it's one of my favorite franchises. And what I loved about this one is that this game tends to take it to a different level. It has more of these open world elements into it instead of like, like the the, the Nathan Drake Uncharted games are like uh, roller coaster rides, Hollywood roller coaster rides. Mm -hmm. Like it's going from one moment to another, explosions here, you falling from stuff a lot. 
screwing no 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 stuff like that and here it was that you would just like play this cool opening level it was really cool really cool atmosphere and then you would end up in the jungle and then from there you would just have this huge map and then you could just decide where you want to go first how to tackle stuff instead of going on that same hollywood roller coaster ride so that was really a fun change of pace because you could decide which puzzles to tackle first or which areas to go and then there will be enemies in between and it was less combat focused and more exploration focused but the combat moments were really good so like if you would have enemies to fight it would be like a higher quality engagement instead of like oh let me just kill three guys here and then move on to the next oh yeah i'm done all right so it's more puzzle based yeah yeah, it's kind of the same approach okay. the, the Tomb Raider game follows. But yeah, I, and I kind of feel like it's a bit of experimentation for them with The Last of Us, the, the sequel that's coming out, because um, yeah. I watched uh, the gameplay trailer again yesterday. And I was like, ah! But besides that, um, <laughs> it looked like uh, a bit of like open world in there as well, because when they're playing the demo or showing the demo, there's a lot of choice and how you want to mm. tackle the enemy. So I think it's yeah. kind of experimentation as well for there to look like, okay, how can we do this? But we'll find out if it hopefully releases later this year. All right. I mean, I guess we'll find out then as well. Um, how long is it actually? Like, uh, how long is the, the, how long did it take you for you to finish uh, Uncharted Lost Legacy? Um, I had already started like an earlier date. I, f I think, like, I finished I st when the, the, I finished it at the end of the day when I started it. So, like, in one playthrough, I just went at it. Um, I think if you just play in a normal pace, it's a minimum of uh, eight hours, nine, ten hours maybe, which is, like, okay. an okay single player. It's, like, it's definitely shorter than uh, Uncharted 4, but then again, it's, an, okay, it's well, like a minor expansion. It also doesn't cost the full 60. It's 30 bucks. But for... 30 bucks you get a lot of value for it it's really cool to see that uh, nadine and chloe like they they you get to learn more about them because nadine for example was the one of the villains in the previous uncharted game so it's funny to see that you're mm -hmm. teaming up with her and you get a lot of backstory into them so they develop the characters more but yeah it's a definitely recommend okay cool awesome cool. Well, I guess, uh, do you have any other thing to add before we end the segment and go on to the next one? I'm all good. All right, cool. So am I. So uh, hit, uh, sit tight, everybody, uh, and we'll be right back after this short break. Alrighty, welcome back, everybody. We're heading into our final segment, our hidden gems. But before we go into there, I know that uh, Max has been uh, jumping up and down his chair, <laughs> telling me this whole day, knowing that I really don't care, but he still wants to share this with the rest of the world. I believe you have something really cool you want to share. Yeah, so aside of the cool fact that I already shared with you guys about Horizon Zero Dawn having its second anniversary this week, also, as we're recording on this very day, March 3rd, and I'm already dating this episode, so that's going to end up going well, is the second anniversary of the Switch. It's been Yay. two years since that system got released, and it has sold over 30 million units. So you, with your lukewarm reception, can suck it. Because 
It is a good system, and it has sold very well. Surprisingly, though, the best-selling game so far as of December 31st, 2018 has been Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, but honestly, I can't blame them because Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is just that much fun. Oh, I'm really surprised. I would have expected Zelda to be the best-selling game. It's not. In fact, it probably sold about half as much as Horizon did, but really? yeah. Because it, it came out it, in the same year, and I believe it the was same like day. in a lot of Game of the, the Year awards. The same day. Yeah. It, was on the, it also launched on March 3rd. And wow. I have spent 300 hours in Breath of the Wild Jesus. in the past two years. And oh I still God. pick it up every once in a while to just banter about Hyrule, kill some mobs, and just craft stuff and just look at the horizon and just chill. Realize you have to play a different kind of horizon. <laughs> we'll <laughs> that was get just to too that. easy. We'll get to that. We'll get... Yeah, I set you up. I set you up. My bad, my bad. But bringing back to the point real quick, the Switch has been an amazing boon for Nintendo. It's been an amazing boon for gamers all around because well it is something that is completely different than any system out there currently you can play high-end video games wherever you want whenever you want with whoever you want i am still trying to find that one special someone to play one two switch with and have really weird conversations about it actually no what sorry is, uh, no switch, no actually. no not one to switch i'm sorry not want to switch. Want to switch is mediocre. I was talking about um, another game called ah, what is it called again? It also came out the same day. Oh my god, I am so, I am so bad at this with the names oh, and everything. Yeah. Um, what's your name again, Jeeves? I mean, um, wait, what's your name again? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, Sean. <laughs> huh? Nani? <laughs> Nani? <laughs> That's like the only Japanese word I know, and I, my favorite out of all. Nani? What? <laughs> yeah, but here's the. Yeah, what? Ah, hang on, let me check it real quick. Uh, no, that's not the one. That's the wrong one. Uh, dang it, what was it again? No, it wasn't one to switch. It was one to switch lows well no it doesn't it's just snipper clips that's the one oh my god how what is that? that so snipper clips is this co-op game where um it has a single player mode but it's best played with two to four players where you have to um where you have to complete certain missions so you're given a mission and uh that mission is for example throw this basketball in a hoop, but you have to cut pieces out of each other because you're both pieces of paper and you have to cut pieces out of each other so you can grab the basketball and throw it to the hoop. Or you have to press a button on the ceiling so you have to make one of you a pointy end so that you can fit into the crevice so that you can hit the button in the ceiling. Or you have to cut like a certain wire to get balloons up in the air and hit a switch wow. and have like this Rube Goldberg 
um, puzzle that you have to solve. It's a puzzle game. It's basically a puzzle game that you play with other people. But the fun aspect of playing snipper clips, and that's something that I was able to enjoy when this when the game launched, is that when you're playing with someone else, you have to give very specific instructions. And if you listen to people playing it out of context and you don't know what they're doing, it sounds like they're doing very strange things, which can end up being very hilarious. Okay, that's nice. It's also probably one of the better games to play on a date, but I have yet to actually prove that. So whenever I get the chance to do that, I will let you know about it. But suffice to say, that is one of the more fun games that came out on launch day. Like, it had a bunch of games that came out. Like I said, already said, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, 1-2-Switch came out, um, Skylanders Imagineers came out, Just Dance 2017 came out. A new Super Bomberman game came out, timed exclusive for the Switch, which hadn't happened in, at, I think... The last game that last Barberman game that came out was on PlayStation 3, I think I want to say. Because there was one on Wii. There was one on Wii. There wasn't one on Wii U. There was one on PlayStation 3. And there was one on Xbox Live. And there was one on uh DS. Yeah. So <laughs> after that, there wasn't any Bombermans for like I think a decade. So the fact that they did that, it's amazing. Um, okay. And just, yeah, I'm really looking forward to like what what is um what is in the future for Switch. I mean, we already know that there's gonna be a lot of games. Metroid Prime Four, even though we have to wait long for it. A new Zelda 2D game, two and a half D game. Uh, a bunch of games. Bayonetta Three is coming out. The new game that they announced, Astral Chains. Of course, like I already said at the top of the line pokemon so yeah i'm i'm saying it right now switch has a very very full future ahead of it and it's funny that it's at almost at the end of this cycle because we'll probably get new consoles next year so eh, i'm really cares? happy for the switch that it finally got its momentum at the end of an era but it's okay eh, doesn't matter they're playing to their own drums like i said before so yeah, yeah, and it's kind of admiring that they can do that because, uh, I mean, they don't let them themselves be defined by what the rest does. They just do their own thing, and that's really cool to see. Exactly. It's just not my piece of cake, but that's okay. Yeah, we'll get yeah. you there. Your uh, hidden gem for uh, this episode was yes. uh, a game I've never heard before, but it's apparently a JRPG. And it's very shameful because it is a PlayStation title. It's a PlayStation 1 title, so you should be ashamed of yourself. But the <laughs> game that I want to talk about as my hidden gem for this week is Brave Fencer Musashi, an action JRPG from 1998. And probably the only reason why anybody of you who's listening to it right now has actually heard of it was because it came with the demo of Final Fantasy VIII. I did play that one, Final Fantasy VIII. So you played Final Fantasy VIII, but you didn't play Brave Fencer Musashi. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't even know there was a demo on it. Yeah. Like, you have to realize back then, and I thought about this a while back, it's like, if I go back now and play the games that I played in the past when I was, like, younger, 
I didn't understand half of the games because of language skills or maybe because you're, okay, when you're younger, your head is all over the place. Uh, I, I even have that with movies now. If I like rewatch a movie I watched a long, long time ago, I'm <laughs> like, oh, so this is what the movie was about. Okay. Oh, that's cool. So like, you, you, yeah, you, you just focus on different things. Yeah, like at true. the time, I remember like when I first played the Metal Gear Solid for the first time, I was like, oh, this is so cool. I'm like this special forces dude and I'm going to fight a big robot. And then I didn't understand anything about the nuclear <laughs> holocaust and the gene <laughs> soldiers. And the, wah, geopolitical, wah. the geopolitical intrigues of the Metal Gear franchise. Yeah. Yeah. And like it was after <laughs> years later when 2 came out, I went back to play 1 again. I'm like, oh, so that's what this game was about. Oh, okay. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, now you know why the DARPA chief was important and why he had yeah. to die. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert for what? A game that's been out for uh, 20 years? Yeah, yeah, 20 years. Maybe somebody in the audience wants to play Metal Gear and you just ruined the moment for them. Ah, it's early content, man. If, you're, if you think that that's a spoiler, then I'm sorry. It is very early in the game. So. <laughs> But, but uh, you're a brave yeah, Fensu Musashi. Brave Musashi. So uh, I got this game from my cousin back in the day. And it was one of a handful uh, JRPGs that he gave me. Uh, one of The other one of them was another game that I'm going to say for another hidden gem. Um, but suffice to say, Brave Fencer Musashi is an action RPG of its own making. Uh, it has a lot of fun things about it. One of the fun things is that everything is, almost everything is a food pun. So the kingdom that you're trying to save is called All You Can Eat, the oh, All You Can nice. Eat Kingdom, and the rival king, the rival empire that's trying to take over, as it were, take over the world, is called the Thirst Quencher Empire, and they <laughs> all have soda names, and the people in the All You Can Eat kingdom have all food related names like the princess is called princess filet <laughs> you have townspeople that have weird names except for timmy seriously screw that little kid um wow okay do you want to yeah, tell us more about your uh... no no timmy sucks and everybody should just throw him in a fire wow but okay. uh yeah he's like a really annoying bratty kid that you have to save but honestly i He's so bratty that you don't want to save him. But after you save him, he's like, oh, I'm so sorry that I was like a total brat. And you're like, yeah, see, I'm the hero of the game, son. I'm oh, here to save wow. your ass and all you can eat kingdom. Uh, okay. Wow. I'm sorry. That little, I had to, uh, just thinking about that kid again pisses me off. But then I have to think about other stuff that makes me smile. Like, oh, good grief. Um, for example, one of the characters, one of the principal characters in the game is called John, and he has a adorable little Shiba dog called Leno. Oh, that's not the name I was expecting. I was expecting another full name, like a mozzarella or a <laughs> No, but if pizza. you think about it, it's kind of a play on words because it it's a play on words on another like a real world person. Was his was the guy's name John or John? Jane? John. Ah, okay. John Leno, which is yeah, okay. reminiscent of 
Yeah, Jay Leno. Yeah. Um, but everybody else has like these really fun food punny names, and you have to save. You have to save. Well, first they you you get summoned. So Musashi gets summoned there. He has to get this sword called Lumina, and they give him another sword called Fusion, which is a really cool sword because the thing you could do with that sword is that you can charge it up, throw it to an enemy, and if the enemy has a special ability. You can assimilate that ability and use it to your own advantage. For example, the there are these plant-like creatures that hop around, and you'll reach a point early. This is early game stuff, so this is not spoiler. You'll reach a point where you see all these bramble bushes where you can't get past because when you touch it, it hit it hurts you because you know it's a bramble bush. But the only way you can get around it is if you hop over it like those plants. So you assimilate one of those hopping plants, and then fusion becomes a pogo sticks, which allows you to hop over the bramble bush. Okay, that's nice. Which is really fun, and there's like, there's a whole bunch of enemies that you can assimilate and take their power and use as your own. But with the other sword that you uh, collect, Lumina, you're also able to use elemental powers, which you can unlock by defeating the elemental guardians that safe keep those powers so you get uh there's a guardian for earth water fire wind and sky and all these powers allow you to traverse fight and get better and allows you to save the people of the kingdom and do all sorts of fun side questy stuffs and it is quite batshit insane because at a certain point the 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 town gets attacked by creatures called vampies which are zombie vampires and they make weird noises and for some reason or another underneath the town there is a egyptian tomb for no reason so yeah Suffice to say that if you like a batshit insane time and you like action JRPGs, Brave Faster Musashi is the game you should play. Just don't touch the sequel on PlayStation 2 because that is dog duty. <laughs> I read about that, yeah. Yeah, I read about that. I saw the footage and I was like, wow, Square Enix really screwed that franchise over. Okay. Which is a shame because Brave Fencer Musashi is a solid eight and a half. Oh, that's good. Out yeah, of ten. And, uh... Obviously. Out of ten. Not <laughs> out of a hundred, out of ten. <laughs> oh. Did you finish the game or did you just uh... multiple times? Okay, that's good. Yeah, that is one game that is the first time I finished it, I was so happy. And then when I finished it again, I finished it so quickly. Now I could probably finish it in about 20 to 30 hours. The first time it took me like 60 hours. But Damn, 20 to 30 hours, lot. 20 to 30 hours, I could finish it. I could probably finish it even faster if I ignore the side quests. I could probably finish it in 10 hours if I finish if I skip the side quests. But the side quests add more flavor to the game and adds more flavor to the storytelling and the characters and everything that has to do with just being in that world and experiencing 
that rolled through Musashi's sassy attitude. And this kid is so sassy. It's so much fun to be Musashi. And most of it is voice acted, which is very rare for the time. So that added a lot of personality to all the characters. Yeah, was, that was one of the questions I was going to ask. Like, was it voice acted or text based? But it's cool to hear that uh, it was it was voice acted. I know, like, it's pretty rare for that time, but it for nineteen ninety eight. I mean, even even Final Fantasy didn't have voice acting. Oh wow! Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, Final Fantasy seven, eight, and nine did not have voice acting. I never played Final Fantasy seven or nine. <clears throat> um, oh yeah so um <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness all right i uh, wasn't really i like i'm not really into them you Japanese do know these planes. these things are on playstation 4 right you could play them i know i know like i'm seriously hoping that that final fantasy 7 remake or remaster or whatever it's called is gonna show up one day so i finally get to experience there that are not enough years in one's life to wait for final fantasy 7 to be remade seriously by the time that that thing comes out i'm pretty sure that our kids will be playing it uh, i don't hope so but we'll have to, wait to see. <laughs> like in general i'm just not into a lot of those like japanese games as as final fantasy because i remember like when japan uh, final fantasy 15 came out uh, two years ago or something like that like I bought it as an impulse mm. and I played it for a couple of hours and then I just never played it again. And eventually I traded it in because the thing is, is that um, I, I, I don't like games that like that you have to sink in a huge, like a shitload of hours because I just, I don't have the time or the energy to continue that. Like a Final Fantasy game for ga- me. It's just a guy that plays Battlefield Five. But that's different because... Or the Division. That's still different because with these kind of games, you just have to keep on going and going and going and going and going. And and then you realize like you're 100 hours in and then you finally complete the game. And like with Battlefield, I just play multiplayer. I just jump in, I play a few matches and I leave it at that. And for example, the Division is almost the same. I just jump in. Like the the single player is 30 to 40 hours. Like I can finish that in like maybe a week. I took time off for when the Division 2 comes out. I'll probably finish it within the three days or something. And then I'll just hop in every once in a while to play the end game. But like these JRPGs, it's just so freaking long. It's so much content. And like that's good because you get value for your money. But just I'm not the kind of guy that just does that. You know? That is fair. That's fair. That's fair. For example, The Witcher 3, an amazing game. I played it for as long as I could, but eventually I just stopped playing it because it's so expensive. I just, I, I I can't bring it up. I'm just more of those like, yeah, I don't know what a way to put it. Like, I love expanded games, like big games, but it when it gets to this overkill part, then I just quickly say like, yeah, okay, it's fine, but I'm just, this is not my kind of game because <laughs> I don't have the, the like the sheer will to continue to finish it. I I I weaned myself off of of JRPGs in the SNES days, so maybe that's why. I mean, I spent like I, for example, my favorite game of all time, Secret of Mana. I have finished that game so many times. I could probably finish that game in a in a span of like an eight hour gameplay. It's not yeah. that long, but the first time I played it with my cousin. It took us a week to finish that game because we were playing, I think, four 
four hours a day, breaks included. And it took us a, a week to play it, and we finished it in four days. And afterwards, I realized the gameplay routine, so I was able to not grind as much, and I can finish that game in a day, if I wanted to. That's so nice. it's so it's not out of the realm of impo- it's not out of the realm of possibilities. But yeah, I will agree that the first time you play through a JRPG, you're going to have to grind. But the end is worth it because you are playing for the story. You are playing for the journey. The journey is yeah, the like it's the same with um, with Kingdom Hearts three. Like an amazing game, but I I haven't played that game and I probably won't play that game because I know that like. That's one of those games that I have to pour in 60 to 70 hours because if I don't, then I'll never finish the game. And then like like better said, like, you know what? I'll just keep my 60 bucks in my pocket and I'll buy (laughs) something else with that instead of like uh, playing uh, that and then leaving it what it is and then losing money on it, you know? Like Mm -hmm. I'd rather spend that money on a game as days gone or something like that. If it ever comes out. It's coming out April 27th or 26th. We're going to see it. We're going to do a Let's Play, and everybody's going to see that the game's going to come out. Right. Mark my words. I'll hold you to it, and the audience will too. Oh, definitely. So, but that was my <laughs> hidden gem. Um, I'm, I know that Brave Fencer Musashi is available in the U.S. PlayStation Store, but I'm not sure if it is on the Europe. I, I don't think it's on the European. So Let me just double you- check that. So if you want to play that game, either get a US account and get it there and play it on your PlayStation 3 or your PSP or your Vita. If for some reason you have a PSP or Vita, why? Um, Vita. Why? And a PSP. <laughs> Double Because at the time you were like, uh, <laughs> at the time it was the way to take place. And to be honest, I miss something like a portable PlayStation. It, I'm not saying that the new PlayStation has to become something like a Switch. God, I hope it doesn't become something <laughs> like a Switch. I don't but think they're like, going to do that anytime soon. No, I don't, they're focused on power. But like, mm. I miss something that I can take with me on the go. I mean, I would love to play Horizon Zero Dawn on the go. And you have remote play. I mean, like in, in the Netherlands, our internet speeds are, are pretty fast, so we can do that. But it's not up to the level of experiencing it in like when I'm behind my TV, it's a 4k OLED HDR TV. So like it's the best possible experience. And like, I want something on the go that can at least try to rival it. Say like, uh, why there is there like an app on my iPad that I can just pair my PlayStation controller with the iPad and I can just play those games on the go or something like that, or give us a cool, PlayStation Portable 2 or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, Sony announced yesterday that the Vita is officially dead. They stopped production. So uh, rest Rest in in peace, Vita. Rest in peace, Vita. I'll try to revive We hardly knew ye. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of makes me sad. Well, let me just go into my hidden gem then. The last segment. (laughs) Oh, now you look so sad. (laughs) Yeah, so... (laughs) Uh, maybe I should talk this like this the whole segment. So, my hidden gem. <laughs> I won't be able to keep that up. <laughs> right. It's kind of sad. Like, this game has a sad uh, destiny. And it's not the game destiny. Um, my hidden gem is Titanfall 2, right. which is um, uh, a game made by Respawn Entertainment. Some of my, you might know that game made by uh, the developer of Apex Legends. Mm-hmm. It's actually a spin-off in... Uh, from that universe 
Yeah, so and, was there any clarity on that? Because I'm still not 100% sure, like, what is what is the deal with Apex Legend as an entity within the Titanfall universe, in quotes? I think it's you can consider it a spin-off because the weapons from Titanfall are in Apex Legends. Um, there oh, are so Apex they are. Predators. Yeah, yeah, and they okay. are, there are Apex Predators in uh titanfall and um right. they're like a mercenary uh, band they, they are hired um i only played the single player of titanfall 2 and i oh, deliberately bought the game <laughs> for the single player because um i'm i can't play these single some multiplayer games in where you wall jump and fly and <laughs> hover and i don't know what else like it's too fast so i always I always get this feeling I'm going to have an epileptic seizure. Like, oh, wow. You know, it's, yeah, because it's so fast. They can, like, jump and, and fly, and I don't know what they do. It's just, that's why I just bought it for the single player. Um, at the time, Sony was having these Christmas deals that at every day they would do a new game that had recently come out for a really sharp price. I got it for 30 bucks, which is really I nice. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, yeah I kind of missed that. Um, and Titanfall 2 is, like, it's it's made by respawn and respawn if you don't know are like the original core team of infinity war the makers of call of duty so it is in fact a call of duty game but in a different shell you really notice that in the single player you play as a character i believe his name was jack cooper he was a militia soldier and your dream is to become a titan uh, a titan pilot uh, and the titans are these big robots you can get the pilot uh, they have like this this legendary, all amazing status, these pilots. And then through certain events in the game, you randomly become like a, a pilot for one of these titans. Um, the cool part is, is that your titan, he's called BT, and then he has like a serial number, but you call, refer to him as BT, has a is, a, is a, actually a character on itself. So you communicate with him regularly, you talk to him, you grow like a bond between him and you. Um, there are moments that you're in your Titan. There are moments that you get out of your Titan. So there's more of traversal. You have to like, um, how do you call that? To explore the environment. Uh, so that's really cool. There's a lot of variation in it. And there's also a part in when that one of the missions you have to go to a, a certain research lab and you require a, I would call it a time glove mm -hmm. in which you can shift the time and you use that to solve puzzles. So for example, you would be oh. in a area that has a closed door or a or barricaded door, and then you flip on the time glove, and then it, you can switch to a different time or a different universe and then pass through the door. And they really yeah. use it well. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how to explain the exact name of the mechanic, but you can shift, let's put it in, you can shift time or jump to a different universe in that moment so you can get past that object. Okay. That kind of yeah. sounds like the thing from Bioshock 2. Or, it, it's so, a I mean, similar Bioshock mechanic. Infinite, not Bioshock. It's a similar mechanic, and they, they really nailed it. It's, it's really cool because you, you have their different take on puzzles. And there's also, it's, again, a bit of like that Call of Duty roller coaster single player with a lot of action happening, a lot of explosions and stuff like that. So that really makes it fun. And it has a typical single player. It's around six to seven hours, mm -hmm. but it's like an explosive ride till the end. So it was really a fun single player. The, um, the main reason I chose um, Titanfall as a hidden gem is more because of that the game really scored well in the reviews, but that the game 
in a way underperformed because it was released in a really difficult uh, time. I believe it was released in the same period that Battlefield 1 came out. So it was Battlefield and 1 new first. Call of Duty. Yeah, so it was sandwiched in Call of Duty and Battlefield 1. So I believe we got Battlefield 1 first, mm -hmm. and then like two or three weeks later, we got Titanfall 2, and then shortly thereafter, we got Call of Duty. So everybody was either on the Battlefield train or on the Call of Duty train, and rarely people played Titanfall, whereas Titanfall was a really, really good game. I What I don't get is that both Battlefield 1 and Titanfall 2 are EA games, and they yeah. could have easily said like, you know what? We're going to put all our eggs in a basket of Battlefield 1 for this holiday season, and we're going to push Titanfall 2 to, like, February or January. That would have been an amazing And decision. it would have had all the space to do so, because yeah, if I recall, that the, the holiday season after that was the year that... I believe Star Wars Battlefront came, 2 came out. Yeah. Which was really bad. So they had three games that, like, it had no chance. Yeah. But if the previous Titanfall, the first Titanfall, I, if I remember correctly, it launched in a March window. So it was yeah, like a pretty calm delayed. moment. Yeah, so it came out in March, and that was, that was actually a really good moment because that way the game could get some traction. Like, people could actually pick up the game and play it. And now, because it was sandwiched in games, it, it didn't turn up. I believe they also reported, like, after the 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 fiscal earnings, they said, like, yeah, the game underperformed, and it didn't meet our expectations. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. I mean, if you <laughs> sandwich it in the, the biggest franchises in the holiday season, you're going to get that. And they kind of did it again. Yeah. But the cool part is, is, like, we got Apex Legends out of it, which is um, taking everything by storm and by surprise. I mean... Yeah. It, it it isn't as big as Fortnite, but I think that a lot of people. It's getting that either... up there, because yeah, they, the... because they're at their peak. They were at twenty five million concurrent players. Yeah, and I think that either because in my experience, for example, I don't. And the game has only been out for a month. Yeah, I, I don't like Fortnite because I just can't play it. It's just that too fast. Of like, I see a guy and I want to shoot him, and before I know, he builds out a hotel or who knows what, and then he <laughs> shoots me out of the blue, and then I'm like, okay, I'm dead, okay, I need to do this again. And I'm not as fast as, because I don't play the game as much as they do. I, I can't build hotels. The best thing I can do is build a ramp. What you need um, to do, what you need to do is go, is, 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 is go to Fortnite Bootcamp, because that's what I did. And it improved my enjoyment of the game, but I'm still not a fan. I mean, I know how to play the game more efficiently. I do not have the dexterity to improve on that. That has been established. But I am capable of having more fun with Fortnite now. But I don't feel the need to play Fortnite. I do have Whereas, that with Apex Legends. I like. I want to play Apex Legends. And I play Apex Legends often. But, but that's because it kind of fills the gap but, and I think that's what's making Apex Legends it, such it, a big it, success it fills, it fills it's something that new it fills that Titanfall 2 hole in your heart that yeah yeah. Like, oh, yeah I want more of this stuff but they're not yeah. making it anytime and soon the beauty of it is is they don't have the jump packs in it they don't have the wall runs in it and I'm actually happy that's not in Wait, it because but it, okay so if that was a problem for you in the multiplayer doesn't that exist in the single player? Because we know how these games work. The single player 
is so that you build up the experience to you to execute in the multiplayer. So yeah, but in the single player, I don't have to fight against sixteen other players that are way faster than I am. Okay, fair. It's at my own pace, so that's why I love the part in Apex when it's not included. That way, a lot of people have like an equal playing field. Yes, there's the sliding. I use it as well, but I don't have to like constantly watch around me. Oh, oh, is he wall running? Oh, is he flying over me? Is he <laughs> going under me? Oh no, epileptic seizure incoming! And then and then I die. You know. <laughs> that doesn't happen. I actually become champion, and that's why I love this game so much. Mm. Yeah. All right. Um, what are so? What are are there any other aspects of Titanfall two that are uniquely Titanfalls that you would wish that other developers would do, or that you'd wish that they would roll over into the inevitable Titanfall Titanfall three? I. I... I don't know if there's gonna be a Titanfall three. I believe they did mention that there will be a they premium. Yeah, they said that there's gonna be a premium Titanfall experience. So the main thing that they nailed on this one is that the first Titanfall didn't have any single player. It had a multiplayer, and it kind of did what it kind of did what Black Ops Four did now. Yeah, which was a strange move, and I still don't know if it was a right move because they said that the new Call of Duty will have a single-player experience this year. It sold well enough, but I think it's because of Blackout. But the less we talk about that, the better. I haven't uh, played Blackout, but from my Reddit, that it's a proper PUBG, like a polished PUBG. Yeah, I don't like PUBG. I, oh, PUBG is fun. I, I think I PUBG played... missed out. Like PUBG could have been so much more, but because they didn't fix the game that they didn't innovate enough at the game and that they Titan, didn't get uh, it Fort- stable yeah that's the first thing because fortnite like swooped in rule. and like with every week every week there was an update every week there was a fix and they nailed that part and if if pubg or um pubg corp the developer if they had done such 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 a thing then pubg would be in a different realm but now i don't think pubg has the weight it has it had no at least I don't it to my observation it doesn't I mean PUBG still gets mentioned but more as an example than yeah. anything else yeah as for what I would hope in Titanfall 3 I honestly don't know like I loved the story I loved the, the bonding between you and BT I loved the, the set the action set pieces I think it would be fun if they like did a 180 and uh, did something else, such as an open world game maybe, or a third person game maybe, or just do a 180 and surprise us completely. Don't don't just make another first person shooter roller coaster ride that lasts eight hours and then we'll just play it and say like, oh, oh that was really cool. And now let me just play multiplayer. Oh wait, I don't touch the multiplayer because I can't do that. <laughs> or bring back co-op. I mean. I remember last gen co-op was becoming like an integral part of every game. A lot of games would have co-op and yeah. it slowly faded away. Because whereas I still, yeah, but I still love playing games in co-op. I remember yeah. the battlefield three had co-op missions. They weren't as expansive as the multiplayer, but it was f- a fun variation to do. So borderlands had drop in, drop out co-op. You could play the whole single player co-op. I miss that that kind of I like I want to share my experiences with my friends and not only in a competitive multiplayer environment. 
like the, the the division two beta we played i had fun yeah it was really yeah, nice true yeah i think i think that it just requires more development time and effort to make something like that and have it work as an experience yeah so i don't know i mean the th- the hotness right now is still battle royales i mean even like even Nintendo's getting in on it with Tetris, as I've mentioned <laughs> many times before, and that's just. I'd, honestly, when Tetris has become a battle royale, everybody else needs to pay attention and say, like, okay, wait, maybe we should, you know, put the brakes on battle royale stuff and look around and see what else is bumping, because there are a lot of other genres that have been ignored for a long time that really need to be brought back. But it's it's just a trend they're following. If you look back at the beginning of this generation, is that when this generation came out, or when we started this generation, open world games were something fairly new. We would have open yeah. world games on the previous consoles, but it hadn't been done on this scale. And then because of the power and the possibilities and blah, 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 whatever, a lot of games started going open world. And in some cases, it was really nice. And in some cases, people were like, okay, is this the best decision? For example, Ghost Recon Wildlands. Ghost Recon never was a, was a, was a open world game. And then no. if, in, in, out of the blue, it became an open world game. Um, mm. It was a cool open world game. It could have used a lot more diversity in the missions. I enjoyed it. But it's not one of those games that I go back to and play, whereas... And Horizon Zero Dawn, I'm definitely going to do a new game plus on that game because it was an amazing game. And when I started playing Frozen Wilds again, I thought, I just want to jump back in again. And I just want to experience this from, from the start because I really enjoyed the single player. I enjoyed exploring all that stuff, you know? Yeah. And that was the trend at the, at the start of this generation, open world. And now halfway we got Battle Royale on the PC and that seems to be the trend now. And who knows what it'll be after this. Yeah, who knows? Um, do you have anything more to add about Titanfall 2 uh, before we uh, close out the show? I'm all good. I think I said anything, everything I wanted to say. All right, cool. Um, well, as I said at the top of the show, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we are, of course, the Game Rivals. Uh, I hope you see us as your Game Rivals. And you can catch up with us on our Twitter, which is at game underscore rival uh, rivals underscore uh, you can catch up with me uh, maximilian on at maximilian on twitter uh, if you want to send us uh, feedback you can do that through game rival game rivals feedback at gmail.com or you can leave us a question or feedback through the anchor app and you can leave us a voice message there as well um, so once again, thank you guys for listening. Uh, thank you for being our loyal fans. Spread the word. Uh, let people know that we are around um, so we get more people listening and get more interaction with you guys. And we hope to see you guys on the digital battlefield next time. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to reiterate, thank you so much to everyone that's listened so far. We didn't expect it to like reach a hundred, over a hundred listens so fast. It just keeps us motivating to do more. Thank you again. And we'll talk to you soon. Peace out. Peace out.